So why uh, do some cows have bells around their neck? Because their horns don't work. Okay. So if that one hurts, I'll invite you up. We'll have ministry time later. So, um, yeah, we'll have ministry time later. I'll, maybe it's not me that will lay hands on you, somebody else. But, um, yeah, so let's pray. Father of glory, we just thank you for this morning. Yeah, we just thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation that's going to come in this place. We thank you, Lord, that your love is going to be revealed this morning. We thank you that it is your goodness that leads us to repentance. We thank you, Lord, that you're going to encourage us with your word and equip us to go to the next level. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that we go from glory to glory. We thank you, Lord, that we're going to be stirred up this morning. And uh, Lord, we, just, we, we pray this morning, if there's any walls or any uh, uh, things that we came in with, God, that the walls would be broken, that we'd be a place of receiving what you have to say this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So I'm going to be talking about this morning identity and spiritual warfare. It's uh, two amazing topics. And uh, I'm just going to start you guys off. Just a personal story, uh, testimony, just brief, is that I was born with a severe learning disability, a gap in my brainstem, and stuff that would go in, I couldn't process. And so I was in a handicapped class, and I was ashamed kind of who I was. I was embarrassed. And um, this week, and the Lord has delivered me from those things, my insecurities, fears, all those things He's delivered me, uh, delivered me from. But this week was kind of weird because a lot of stuff snuck back in, like insecurity, kind of fear, kind of a little bit of worry, you know. And I'm like, wait a second, that's not a part of me anymore. Um, I don't have to receive fear. I don't have to worry about if, I, if I'm reading and I mispronounce the word because I know who I am as a son. And I'm not going to allow that to affect me from pre- preaching the gospel this morning. <clears throat> Amen. <clears throat> so Romans 8.15, it says, For you not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. And heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. This is amazing news that we've been adopted into the kingdom. So now that we've been adopted, we've been born again, we follow Jesus, the next thing is that we've been adopted and now we're a son or a daughter. Sometimes, this is what I was reminded by, sometimes we can operate with old mindset as an orphan spirit, it's called. Well, I don't think I'm good enough or I don't think, uh, right? Anybody been there, done that? had crazy thoughts about herself or had crazy thoughts about the situation or there's kind of a victim mentality, oh, I don't know if I'm good, right? So we've, we operate in that instead of actually operating as a son or daughter, right? So the Lord, he's called us not to operate in fear, but operate in love. And when we operate in love, that means we know our identity as sons and daughters and we walk with confidence, right? Not the spirit of fear again. So... If fear comes, 
I want to operate in the opposite. So fear starts to arise. Wait a second. I can't operate in fear. I have to operate in faith. I have to operate in trust and believing. Right? So we've been adopted. So I'm going to share a dream real quick that I had. I had a couple of dreams. In this dream, um, I approached, uh, it looked like a castle. Okay, I approached the castle and I walked in and I was, I had dirty garments on and I saw Jesus at a distance and I put my head down in shame. And Jesus saw me and he came over to me and he said, let me remove those filthy garments. And he placed pure and spotless garments on me. And he said, come have a seat with me, Andrew. And so I was just filled with awe. And I went over and I sat next to him. And I can barely look at him because he's so beautiful and so bright. And he looked at me and he started saying good thoughts about me. He started saying things like, oh, I delight in you. Oh, I'm proud of you. Oh, I know every hair upon your head. I have many thoughts about you, like every grain of sand on a seashore. Why do you put your head down in shame? I delivered you from that. I've given you authority now to sit with me. I've given you authority to sit with me and to know me. And so I'm going to touch more on the dream that's only part of the dream later. So in 2 Timothy 2, 3 through 4, it says this, "You You therefore must endure hardships as a good soldier of Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. So we talked about being born again, and we talked about being a son, and now we're going to talk about being a soldier. There are three things right there. So soldier, soldiers must endure, okay? Obviously, they must endure. They don't just go into, oh, I didn't know I was going to go into battle. No, they know that they're going to go into battle. They must endure. They know that hardships are going to come along, right? So it says this, endure hardships as a good soldier. And guess what? Jesus actually enlisted us as a good soldier. So when we make that decision, we have been enlisted as a soldier. <clears throat> but don't get, in, uh, don't get entangled with affairs of this life. So who here knows that the world has, they say a lot of stuff, right? You can get entangled with what the world says instead of what God says. When hardships come your way, a lot of other, prom- other things will come your way as well. Like things of the world, oh, I think you should do this. But really, God says to do this. So don't entangle yourself. Don't let that affect you for the wrong. Okay? So we take a look at James 4.7. It says this. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Resisting is fighting. Okay? Resisting is fighting which we refuse to give ground to the enemy. Who here knows that there's an enemy, enemy out there? Do we fear the enemy? No. We have to know who we are as sons 
with that authority, right? And we have to resist the devil. So, <clears throat> excuse me, Paul declares this in 1 Timothy 6.12. It says this, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Now, I want to honor somebody, two people, that have fought the good fight of faith. Okay? So my parents, if you guys can stand real quick, Dan and Cindy. <clears throat> so I just want to honor them because they are a good example of fighting the good fight of faith. Okay? They've been through a lot. My dad had cancer twice. Sickness, illness, disease, whatever, like, list goes on. But they never gave in. <clears throat> never gave in. And so, what I encourage you to do is surround yourself with people that are fighting the good fight of faith. Don't surround yourself with people that are going to surrender and give up. Because guess what you're going to end up doing? Surrendering and give up. So we want to place yourself with people that are fighting the good fight of faith, and that encourages you to fight the good fight of faith. And then guess what? You're impacting several people behind you that fight the good fight of faith. So we're actually changing the world by fighting the good fight of faith. Amen? So <clears throat> Jesus, or Paul, here states this at the very end of Timothy. This is 2 Timothy 4, 7. I have fought... The good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. At the very end, he states this. <clears throat> we take a look at Paul and his ministry. We take a look at what he's been through, the persecution, the, uh, you know, his life is on the line. He was in prison, and I'm telling you, the prison wasn't very nice back then, right? It was filled with sewage. But yet, <clears throat> here's Paul worshiping with joy, his hands up. Why? Because he knew who he was. He followed Jesus. He knew who he was as a son, and he knew who he was as a soldier. That suffering was part of being a soldier. Suffering was a part. Long suffering is one of the fruit of the Spirit for the reason, to look more like Jesus. He suffered, right? So we actually go through suffering as an opportunity to look more like him. And Paul had this mindset of, wow, I'm going through persecution. I'm going through suffering. Praise the Lord. This is an opportunity to look more like Jesus. This is an opportunity. This is a promotion to get to the next level. <clears throat> right? So Paul knew what it looked like. Paul had the, <clears throat> the revelation, the download of what it looked like. Paul walked in victory. He walked in victory. The Holy Spirit gave him revelation and wisdom and insight on what weapons to use for victory. Right? So, and that weapons is used in armor of God, which is in Ephesians 6, what I'm going to be touching base on. 6.10 through 18. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. 
For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil one and have done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. First thing, first thing is, is that we can't just put on some pieces of the armor. Because I guarantee the enemy is going to come after those pieces that aren't on. You probably heard this, oh, I put on my armor every day. But I like this quote a little better. I never take my armor off. Because it's a lifestyle of me walking with my armor on, no matter what. Oh, well, I feel like he's not attacking, so maybe I could put my armor up and, you know, just put my feet up and my lazy boy. It doesn't work like that. He's a liar. He doesn't like you. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy. He's going to come left and right. You constantly put on the armor of God, knowing that he's going to come, but you walk in confidence, knowing that, well, I'm set. Why? Because I know who I am. Right? So I never take my armor off. Be sure that the enemy is going to come after you. Why? Because we live in enemy territory. I've been dropped behind enemy lines. 1 John 5.19, we know that we are of God and the whole world lies in power of the evil one. When you're in the middle of a war, you can't ask the enemy to stop firing at you. Hey, hold on a second here. Could you please stop? I'm a little tired, right? It doesn't work like that, right? Life is going to be a battle, as you guys know. But battles are opportunity for victory. We all know when we walk in confidence, like King David, he approached the Goliath with confidence and assurance in God that giants fall down. Do you know that we're all called to be giant slayers in here? We are giant slayers. Giants should not get in our way. Right? So, instead of trying to avoid conflicts, we have to learn to recognize them as opportunities. And then we will seize them. There's a lot of people that I've come in contact with over the years that are afraid of conflict, that retreat, run. But I say this, is that when you run, you're still going to have to face. The cycle is going to keep repeating itself over and over and over until you actually face it. Because God is such a good God that he doesn't want you to keep failing over and over. He wants you to get it. 
He wants you to go from glory to glory. He doesn't want you to say, oh, and then just give up on you. Well, whatever, just do what you want to do. Be defeated. He wants you to go from glory to glory. So we all know this verse, Romans 8.28. And we know that all things works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So any situation that we go that's a conflict or that is hard, that we have to have the mindset of like, okay, Father, I know that you're doing something good out of this. I know that you're making me more like you. I know that you're shaping me. I know that this is an opportunity. I can't see it right now. But Lord, I thank you for the faith that you've given me. I thank you for the endurance and the strength to endure the storm or the situation, whatever it looks like. But I know that something's good is coming out of this. What? It could be more communion with Him. It could be more of a relationship with God. <clears throat> Otherwise, we could just we could say, oh, okay, God, yeah, you're doing something, whatever. And then you can go into bitterness. You can go into rebellion. <clears throat> if we don't know that He's doing something in the midst of the storm, we can go into rebellion. We can go into disappointment. <clears throat> we can go into doubt. So the armor is given to us to stand firm. It covers our front. It doesn't cover our back. So if we were to run, guess what would happen? <clears throat> We'd be hit in the back. One reason, and I'll touch a little bit more of this later, is that's why it's good to fellowship with others. When we're feeling a little tempted to start running... The people that's got our back says, hey, you're going the wrong way. Turn back around. Right? <clears throat> that's why unity, fellowship is so powerful. I'm not called to move backwards. I'm called to move forwards. I'm standing on God's promises. That's what I'm called to do. Stand on God's promises. And I encourage you to to look up what all his promises are for you. And that's in scripture. In Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Guess what? The Lord knows. <clears throat> he's not out to hurt you or harm you, but he's out to give you a, a future and a hope. Right? So guess what? I'm going to live on that. I'm not going to live in defeat. When, when hardship is coming, the storm, this is what brings peace. In the midst of what's going on brings peace is that I know that God knows. And guess what? That he's going to give me a hope in the future. And I'm standing on that. <clears throat> so the helmet of salvation is to... Guard your mind. Protect your mind, right? Think saved. Think set apart. <clears throat> so 2 uh, Corinthians 10, 4 through 5, For the weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into ca captivity to the obedience of Christ. Amen. And one more other. Romans 12, 2. 
And I do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So a, thing, a couple of things I want to go over is, is that <clears throat> strongholds back then were built as big um, blocks to build a wall or to give you more visual castle. So <clears throat> think of it this way, is that everything that, is, that you put higher than God or against the knowledge of God is building a block, a wall around you. And guess what? The enemy uses that inside the wall to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he uses. So God, he calls us to bring every thought to him. Every single thought. I'm obediently bringing it before him. Every thought that comes in, I give it to him. This is not, this is, well, why do I keep getting these thoughts? Why do I keep getting these thoughts? Why aren't these thoughts going away? Well, it's an opportunity for you to get closer to him. See, you can go, God, give, take these thoughts away. But really, he's actually, the enemy wants to pour in thoughts for you to separate yourself from God. But God uses it for you to have greater communion with him. See, the, the enemy is trying to be sneaky by putting you down saying, oh, you must be not good. Oh, look at all these thoughts. Oh, tearing you down, right? Well, that is what he wants. He's a liar. So flip it and you got the truth. All right? So, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing your mind. The world, like I said earlier before, has a lot to say, right? Maybe a lot to say about you, a lot to say about situation. <clears throat> but it says this, a way of being transformed. I got one right here, thanks. A way of being transformed is by renewing your mind. What does renewing your mind look like? <clears throat> well, okay, yeah, I'll just get the thought out. But no, actually, it means to replace your mind with something else. So if I have a thought about, let's say, uh, doubt, right? Let's say I have doubt. Wait a second. I want to take, Lord, I just ask that you take this doubt away. I thank you, Lord, that you've given me faith. You've given me trust and that I'm going to act in trust and faith. It's just constantly offering it to the Lord, renewing your mind, and filling it with God's promises. And what does it do? It makes you closer to the Lord. That's what he wants, a relationship. You see? <clears throat> so, the breastplate of righteousness so I've seen people that put their own righteousness on and, and get hurt over and over and over. His righteousness, it covers our hearts and our organs and all of the insides. <clears throat> it protects our heart. The Bible talks about seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. But before that, it talks about 
don't worry about your clothing, what you wear, don't worry about what you're going to eat, don't, right? It talks about that. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and what after does it say? And everything else shall be added to you. Okay? So if I have the mindset of this, if I'm seeking him, his kingdom, his righteousness, I want to do what he wants me to do, but also I want to have the fear of making the right decisions, not going into sin, right? Because what he has for me is good. So if I actually live in righteousness, I'm protecting my heart, right? But if I'm operating in sin, as I've seen many people over and over operate in sin, and then their heart hurts, and then they're in pain, and then they're, I'm like, well, are you fearing the Lord? Are you living and welcoming His righteousness? I go, oh, no. It's like, well, that's because that's why your heart hurts. That's why you're in the situation you're in right now. Right? So, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Shall they, they shall be satisfied. Matthew 5, 6. So I was thinking about this. Is a lot of people... try to go after other things to satisfy them, okay? So they're longing. Everybody has a longing. And so we keep going after other things to satisfy that longing. But it's never going to satisfy us. So we want more and we want more and we want more and we want more. But yet, he's the only one that can fully satisfy us. So if I actually welcome him to come to reign and rule in his righteousness, then I'm going to fully be satisfied, So I'm going to pursue his righteousness. And as I pursue his righteousness, which is a constant thing, I want to live in righteousness. It's a lifetime event. Okay. So let's say this. Let's say you have these thoughts in your head and you're being tempted to want to sin or want to put, actually, you know what? I want to do that. And it's selfishness. And you want to actually put on your own righteousness. Instead of doing that, you say, wait a second. The only reason I can be satisfied is through Him. Lord, I welcome Your righteousness. I welcome, I thank You that You've given me a way out of this temptation. I thank You, Jesus, that You conquered temptation. So I look to You, Jesus, so I'm not going to give in. So I'm going to live in righteousness. I'm going to walk in righteousness. The shield of faith is what I want to go next. The shield of faith is what blocks the fiery arrows coming at you. The fiery arrows are darts of, it could be doubt, it could be unforgiveness, it could be, I mean, you just, the list goes on, that's, in, you know, stress, anxiety, whatever it is, the darts can hit you, but with that faith or provision, so we have to learn to be flexible with our shield, right? Flexible with our faith, salvation, healing, provision, Whatever the arrows come, I'm going to be flexible with my shield. Some of us might have smaller shields, but I want to encourage you to hang out with people that have bigger shields. Because if you do that, 
Their shields can also block arrows coming at you, but their shields can actually encourage your shields to grow too. Some of us maybe been dragging our shield, and we've just been getting hit left and right with arrows. But this is the day that we're going to raise up our shields of faith. Um, the belt of truth, having girded your loins with truth. So the belt actually holds your sword, but it also protects the guy's area. Okay, and for us, for us guys to reproduce, (laughs) so we're called to reproduce of what we learned and apply it. So John eight thirty one through two says, "If you abide in my word, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free." Abiding. In his word. I'm going to abide in his word in my walk. And the truth has set me free. Something I want to bring up is, is that a lot of people are holding on to what other people have said that is true about them. But they're not holding on to the truth of what God says about them. So they're walking in this. Well, you're, you're an addict. You'll always be that way. You'll always be addicted that way. You always be violent. You always be da 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 da, right? So it might be true at the moment, but it's not what the truth is. So if I actually welcome the word of God and I abide to it and I walk it out, wait, wait this is what God says about me. But then guess what? The truth is going to set you free. So I'm going to walk in truth. I'm not going to walk in what others say about me. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You know, it's a defense, but also an offense. The Word of God. So, the sword wasn't actually very long. It was actually short. And the sword was actually used to, if you got hit by an arrow, to go in there and dig that arrow out and then keep on digging in there with that poison that has been put into you, which is a false doubt or whatever it is, right? So you just, I'm going to start digging in there. Wow, Lord, he doesn't provide. Oh, he doesn't bring forth healing. Wait a second. Start digging the word of God in there, moving it around. Wait, he's going to provide. Wow, he does heal. Wow, right? So, the Word of God. I don't believe that Jesus was ever hit by an arrow. But he was the one, a perfect example, to declare the Word of God when he was tempted. And he didn't have an argument about it. He believed what he said. So, when Satan was tempting him, he declared the Word of God and he stuck to it. We need to know our sword. We need to know the word of God. Because we have an enemy out there that is speaking lies over us and trying to steal, kill, and destroy our identity in him and us being a soldier in Christ. He wants us to fail. He wants us to give in and give up. So we need to know the word of God, God's promises, and we need to walk in them and declare them wherever we go. It's a lifestyle. It's just not a moment. 
feet of the preparation of the gospel of peace. We need to know the gospel. The gospel, as you guys know, means good news. So back then, the Roman soldier, we're talking about armor, had on their sandals, they had spikes on the very bottom. And the spikes were to help place their feet in the ground so if resistance came towards them, they would stand their ground. So we're going to have that resistance coming towards us, but guess what? I'm going to hold on to the gospel, the good news. When bad news is around us, I'm going to declare good news. And that is going to bring forth peace wherever I walk, in whatever situation. It could be kind of bumpy and rocky. It can be kind of hard, but guess what? I'm walking in the preparation of the gospel of peace. I'm walking in peace. I'm walking in, this is good news, what God says, what He's doing. He's still, uh, he's still the same as He was back then, and He's still the same as today. He's still healing. He's still providing. He still wants to reveal Himself. I'm walking in that. I'm walking in a place of freedom and victory instead of defeat. So that brings confidence, right? Last one is praying always. And remember I had that dream. I'm going back to that dream where I'm sitting next to Jesus. And Jesus says this. He says, stand with me, Andrew. And there's a wall. And so we walk up and the wall vanishes And he says, see everything around you over here. See what is wrong over there. See what's happening over there. I want you to stand in the gap and pray and intercede. And what you say, because you have authority, because you are in royalty, what you say is going to shift whatever's going on. So he's brought us into the kingdom to reign and rule with him. And guess what? to intercede and partner with Jesus, and that is changing the world. What we pray and declare is changing everything around us. He's, he's wanting us to pray. Last dream I have here is I had a dream a few years ago, and I was wearing the full armor. And when I was walking around, I noticed everything around me was dark. Even the flowers, and there's people hiding, and they had arrows all over them, and they're shaking and trembling in fear. And arrows were coming at me, but I was holding up the shield of faith. And I was starting to look around and say, and fear was starting to arise, but I said, No, I held up faith, and I said, No, God, you're doing something. So he said, This start walking around with your sword, start declaring in prayer wherever you go. And so I started walking around with my sword, declaring prayer, and people started coming up behind me. And I started digging out the arrows and declaring the Word of God over them. And we were walking, and guess what? The atmosphere was changing. It went from darkness to starting to get light. The people started following and and falling behind me. And arrows were coming out left and right, and they were walking in courage and confidence. And I said, wow, Lord, this is, this is powerful. And he says, you see, not everybody is walking in their armor. 
They're the ones, even in the church, that are sitting behind, afraid with arrows, shaking and trembling. But I've called all the church, the whole body, the whole body who believes, who loves me, who's a son and a soldier, to do the same. Wherever you walk, wherever you go, believe and have confidence that you're changing the atmosphere, that you're changing the ones around you. Declare the word of God in confidence. Because you know why? The enemy's out to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's going to come after you, and he's going to come after your neighbor, and he's going to come after your kids. We need to be a generation. We need to step up and say, I'm a warrior. I'm a soldier of God. It's going to start with me, and then it's going to go to my kids, my grandkids, and it's going to go around people around me, the people I work with. Why? Because I'm a son. So a few of us might have not been putting on the whole armor of God, or you've been taking it off, and you've been hit with arrows. Well, this is the day that arrows are coming out. Some of us have been dragging the shield of faith, or maybe your shield is small, and some arrows have snuck past. Some of us maybe have not been walking in prayer, or some of us have given up and started running and got hit. Some of us, our heart is hurting because maybe we have not been put in on His righteousness. Some of us have not been operating in truth this morning. Some of us have not been thinking saved set apart. Some of us have been wrestling with our thoughts. <clears throat> but God is a good God. And today is the day. It's a new beginning. Today is the day where you walk out not the same. Today is the day where you walk out as a son, as a soldier of God. So that's you. If you need encouragement and you would like some prayer for breakthrough and you want to be vulnerable, <clears throat> I want you to come forward because I can't, I don't want to allow anybody to walk out when they haven't been operating and walking in this to the fullness. I want people to walk in victory instead of defeat this morning. If you've been walking in defeat, I want you to come forward. <clears throat> if you want to go to the next level with your armor. I want you to come forward. If you get, don't, be, don't be scared. I know that some of us have, I have at times not put on my full armor. And this is what the body is for. This is what fellowship is for. To encourage and equip. So that's you come forward this morning. If I have a few people from ministry team come, come forward to you. And <clears throat> yeah.
Yeah, but Lord, we just thank you this morning. This is the day. This is the day of new beginnings, Lord. We thank you for the helmet of salvation. We thank you for the breastplate of righteousness. Thank you for the shield of faith, the belt of truth, the sword of the spirit, the preparation of the gospel of peace. We thank you, Lord, that we are sons, that we are soldiers of Christ, that we're not going to walk in defeat, but we're walking in victory today is the day. So I just ask, Lord, that there be breakthrough, that there be renewing of the mind. We ask, Lord, if any arrows have been hit, God, that what you say, your word, would come right now and pierce those arrows out. We ask that your word would pierce them out, that you get out all the poison. God, that we would walk in truth. What we're saying about ourselves or what other people are saying about us, God, we don't want to operate in that no longer. We want to operate on what you're saying about us. We want to walk out to the fullness of what you say on each and every situation. So here we are, God. We ask right now for breakthrough. We ask for a new start. Yes, God. You've anointed each one here. And Lord, I just pray for the ones, Lord, that didn't come forward, but God, that they would go to the next level in this, that their shields would grow bigger, that faith would grow, that they would walk around, God, with that authority to encourage others, that they would be the ones that change atmospheres, that all of us would be the ones that change atmospheres, that change the culture. God, we ask for your kingdom to come and your will to be done. Let us seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. We ask right now for transformation and renewal. Yes, God. Come, Holy Spirit. We just ask that you administer to the ones this morning, to all of us this morning, God. tugging at our hearts to do something. I ask right now for breakthrough over fear, that we'd operate in the opposite. Increase our faith right now and trust right now. If if we've been having lots of thoughts, 
depression, anxiety right now, Lord. We just ask right now for breakthrough in that this morning. place of victory so we send you out as soldiers as sons and daughters yeah God we just thank you for courage and confidence in that today in your word in your promises 